What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at DeepDiveFF, on Instagram at DeepDiveFantasyFootball, and as always, check out the website DeepDiveFantasyFootball.com. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and this is a Deep Dive Unhinged podcast. I'm talking about whatever I want with whoever I want, and I got my good friend, Sia Najad, on here with me. Sia, how's it going? You want to introduce yourself? Tell my listeners where they can follow you and all that good stuff. Awesome, man. Brandon, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. You've been on our show before as well, and we loved having you on, and we hope to have you back on soon on our NFL live stream. So, I'm using the term hour. What I mean there is Wind Daily Sports. That's where you can find me, winddailysports.com. Um, we do a bunch of DFS and sports betting stuff, but, you know, mainly DFS. And, uh, yeah, on Instagram, you can find me at Sianajad uh, Sports. And on Twitter, you can just find me at Sianajad. That's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. I cover football. I cover some PGA stuff. Um, sometimes cover the NBA and MLB, but really football is my passion. NFL has been for I don't know, like three decades at this point. That That's good to hear because I heard you just say PGA and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you just come off of a PGA sh- like live stream or something? Yeah. So every Tuesday night at eight o'clock, I do a PGA live stream for, for DFS purposes. Um, you know, we, we, we are pretty good at win daily, you know, on the DraftKings, on the FanDuel side and, and the sports betting side. But then Wednesday, as you know, cause you've been on our show, uh, eight 30 Eastern standard time, I should say, on Wednesdays, we have the NFL live stream where we pick uh, we pick against the spread, you know, the, the games we like, and sometimes talk about some uh, daily fantasy plays as well. So, and then of course, Brandon, you know, I'm on SiriusXM Saturday nights uh, with Jason Mizrahi. Yes, sir. And that is purely that's 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But for those of you that don't want to be up that late, you can on demand our stuff. Uh, the SiriusXM app is pretty good about that. So you type in Win Daily or my name and. You can find us, but that is strictly a DFS show. But for two hours, we're talking DFS, we're talking positions that we like, and that's right on my alley, man. That that's the stuff I uh, my heart beats a little bit faster for. Yeah, and that's perfect because we're gonna be covering some DFS stuff, so you can get your week started early on that. Um, that's what we'll do after. I want to start with you on the over unders. I know that you are like a big guy. Obviously, I was on the show with you guys on Win Daily on over unders, picking the spreads and stuff on games, but. I want to go over some over-unders, as you know, on some players for Thursday's game. That's the Green Bay-San Fran game. So, I mean, we can go ahead and get into it because we got the over-unders and we got the DFS lineups that we're going to draft against each other. I know a lot of listeners like that when I did that last time with Nate. And then we'll go over a couple other hitting points and we'll be out of here. For the over-unders on Thrive, guys, remember you guys can use promo code DEEPDIVE. It's not case-sensitive. Deep Dive. They will match your initial deposit of $20 minimum up to $50 free money go for it and this is basically what you're going to be doing on the app thrive fantasy is what we're going to be doing right now Aaron Rodgers versus the 49ers passing yards 264 and a half you going over or under and by the way guys me and Sia have not discussed our answers on this at all so it's going to be completely natural completely you know completely natural so go go for it yeah, I'm going to take the under here. I mean, I, I don't – so 
the way San Francisco plays these effective passing games, I think they're going to keep everything underneath. Jason Verrett's been playing really well. Mosley's been playing well. Who knows when Richard Sherman's coming back. But I think this is going to be kind of a conservative game plan on both ends. And um, I'll take the under on the 264.5. All right. So unlike on Win Daily, when you and me were apparently agreeing on everything, I guess <laughs> we're going to start disagreeing right away because I got well, Aaron Rodgers on the over for – Two reasons. One, obviously Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind, but also because Aaron Jones, it looks like he's not going to play. It looks like Jamal Williams is not going to play. A.J. Dillon's definitely not playing. They, I doubt, are going to be able to just rely on Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams. I think that's the other running back to, you know, carry them in the run game. I think they're going to lean on Rodgers. There's nobody that can cover Adams. And I think, and, you know, Lazard might return. It's you know it's questionable right now, but if he returns, I think that'll really help the situation too. And I think Rogers is just going to have to carry them this game if they want a chance. So I'm gonna go over. And then the next one is Devonte Adams receiving yards, ninety three and a half. And I'm curious to see what you're going to say because you did take the under on the pass yards. So you going over or under here? So this is like kind of a natural hedge for me because I'm going to take the over. And the, the reason, it sounds conflicting, but the reason I say that I like the over here, well, first of all, the connection between Devontae, I don't really think anybody can stop what they do. Because Definitely not. The way, they, the way that Adams can anticipate what Rodgers is thinking and vice versa is, is really kind of, I'm trying to think of a connection that was that good. I mean, I don't even want to go back like Montana Rice, but I'm sure there's, there's a more recent one. But it's pretty impressive. So I like the over, but it's mostly because there's really no wide receiver too. Now, if Alan Lazard plays... I agree with you. I'd probably change my my over under prop on on the two sixty four and a half for Aaron Rodgers, but I think Devontae gets his regardless. I mean, Marquez Valdez Scanling he hasn't stepped it up. I mean, nope. there's just Tanyan catches some balls down the field, but at the end of the day, I think this is Devontae Adams' show uh, for the most part. Agreed. I'm taking the over as well. It is like you said, the Adams Rodgers show, and I I like how you hinted or or talked about the anticipation because so many times you'll see Rodgers throw the ball. Adams doesn't even have his head turned around yet, and then he turns around, locates it. It's amazing how they play. Um, I would say that there's a connection that's pretty, like, you know, insane, but it's in a different way, and that's the Russell Tyler Lockett connection. Like, they pull off crazy stuff, but yeah, definitely not in the same way as Rodgers Adams. Then after that, we know Jimmy Garoppolo's out indefinitely, which, by the way, I know you have a whole bunch of things you hate. That's the th- something I hate is indefinitely because it basically means nothing. It could be the rest of the season. It could be three weeks. So that's always frustrating to me. But Jimmy Garoppolo's out probably at least three, four weeks. Nick Mullins is playing. His over-under at passing yardage is 240.5. You going over or under? So I'm about to be a little contradictory here because we're going to have a follow-up prop that, that I actually like. Um, I think I like the under here. I, again, I think this is conservative game plans. I, you know, Nick Mullins... The last time we saw him was was pretty bad. Now, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. He's been in Kyle's system for quite some time, so he kind of knows what to do. But I just think they're going to keep everything underneath. Kittle is injured, as we know, so it's going to be the Brandon Ayuk show and maybe some Kendrick Bourne, maybe some Trent Taylor, Ross Dwelly. I mean, you know, what are we talking here? The, the idea that he's going to throw for like 250 or 260 seems pretty far-fetched, so I'll take the under. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the under, too, especially if you watch how teams have dominated Green Bay in the run game. And, you know, that's what the 49ers' roots are. Yes, they don't have the stud guys to do it, and the defense is not fully healthy. So it's going to be harder if they fall and you know to a deficit, deficit early to Green Bay. But I'm also taking the under. I agree with you here, especially with Kittle out, Debo's banged up. 
And the next one, so I'm curious to see what you were going to say because you said you're feeling contradictory here. Nick Mullins passed touchdowns plus interceptions. So the combination of both is at two and a half. You're going over or under. Yeah, I'm going over. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he has a couple short area touchdowns. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't have an interception in this game. So, I mean, especially when you're talking about a Packers offense that it's not a high octane offense considering the injuries they have right now, but, you know, they'll put up some points against San Francisco. So I think that results in, you know, I think San Francisco would probably score a couple touchdowns anyway, but that's going to result in Mullins forcing the ball a little bit. And we know what happens when he does that. So I think that could reach three um, quite easily. Yeah, I agree 100%. I also took the the under on the passing yards, and I'm taking the over here with you. Exactly what you said. I could see some short area touchdowns, and I see an interception coming as well. The way I see this game going is the 49ers run the ball. That's how they, you know, get most of their yardage. And then you can easily see Mullins end up getting the touchdown at the end. And the next one is going to that run game, and it's Jarek McKinnon, total yardage. To me, this is easy. Um, but maybe we'll disagree here. Jerick McKinnon, total yardage, 46 and a half. You're going over under. Total yards, yeah. So, you know, I, I know I know why you emphasize that word because you would think that might be rushing yards. But, yeah, I'll take the over here. I mean, you know, Hasty is going to have a role. I mean, a, a pretty large role. I think that's pretty clear. But, yeah, I'll take the over here. Yeah, I'm taking the over too, especially because I, I don't think um, Dwelly is going to just take that Kittle role. And a lot of times it seems like – tight ends and receiving running backs can conflict with each other it's hard to have two of you know those people have a really good game the same day well if Kittle's gone they don't have that tight end to check down to it's very possible they throw to the running backs more McKinnon is that receiving running back so I easily see him he might get like 40 receiving yards and of course he's going to get something in the rushing game so yeah I'm taking the over two the next one is Brandon Ayuk receiving yards 60 and a half over under yeah, I mean, again, this is a little contradictory because I, I have the under in Nick Mullins uh, receiving or, or, or passing yards, but I like Ayuk a lot, and, and I, I know that Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to get Ayuk in space, and so whether it's Nick Mullins or banged up Jimmy Garoppolo, like I, I, I see Ayuk getting over sixty and a half. I mean, I, I don't mean Jimmy's playing; I just mean that. It, I don't really think it matters who the quarterback is when it's Kyle Shanahan's number one receiver, which of course with Debo out, Ayuk is the number one receiver, so. I see, I see Ayuk with a touchdown, and I see him with, you know, probably seventy to eighty yards at a minimum. See, this was the hardest one for me because I feel like it's it's tough because like the the Green Bay defense knows that Ayuk is going to be the go to guy with Debo banged up, Kittle out, and I feel like it's going to be too easy to shut him down, just one person, especially when they have a guy like Jair Alexander, who's one of the most promising young corners in the league right now, That's and. And also because like I went under on the Mullins pass yards, and I think they're going to run the ball most of the time. I think Ayuk is going to get more than that yardage total because I'm sure they're going to give him some jet sweeps or something along those lines. But receiving yards, 60 and a half is close. Uh, I'm going to take the under, not just to go against you, but also because that's, I don't know, that's just what my gut is telling me. And then the last one, Jamichael Hasty rush yards is at 55 and a half. I was surprised. I thought that was kind of high. Um, and I'm I'm still undecided, so I'm curious to see what you're going to say here. Tevin Coleman is questionable, and I'm assuming he's out. Yeah, I think he's I think he's out for sure, and I like the over here. And again, this is one of those Kyle Shanahan things. I almost kind of don't think it matters who the running back is. I think Kyle Shanahan is kind of a wizard when it comes to scheming on offense. A hundred percent. 
And, and and so I think, I mean, if you consider, listen, like there's only so much the Green Bay Packers are going to be able to stop. I, I agree with your point on, on J.R. Alexander, but let, let's not forget if they want to, quote, stop Hasty, I'm pretty sure they wanted to stop Dalvin Cook last week and he ran all over them. Now, I'm not comparing Hasty to Dalvin Cook, of course, but you got Kyle Shanahan here and you got a good running system against a clearly bad run defense. So it doesn't matter who the name is. If, the, if it's 55 and a half, I'm taking the over against Green Bay in this situation. Yeah, and I, I do think they're going to be great on the the run game. The thing that makes me hesitant is like, for me, when Moster is not healthy, when Moster is not the guy, it seems like I can never accurate, accurately predict who's getting the touches. Like, you know, Hasty kind of came out when people were relying more on McKinnon or Jeff Wilson. And then, like, who knows, this? what if this is a Jeff Wilson game? He's he's playing, right? Actually, I didn't no, check Wilson's that. No, Wilson's still hurt. He's yeah, still Wilson's hurt. going to be out a few weeks. Oh. So, so, that's, so that's that changes it a little bit then, yeah. Yeah, so it's Hasty and McKinnon. It's pretty okay. much, I mean, obviously they're going to bring up somebody from the practice squad, I'm guessing, but it's basically those two guys. Yeah, so then, yeah, I, I'll, I'll take the over for sure. And then, I don't know if, uh, I actually don't know if I sent this over to you. Um, do you have a score prediction for this game? Oh, yeah, you did send it over to me, and, okay. I, and I, I glanced at it. So, okay, so... Uh, I can I give wanna... you mine if you want to think about it for a second. Yeah, why don't you give you give All mine. right, so my score prediction in this game, I think Green Bay takes it. Um, you know, coming off a loss, it's hard for me to see them getting back-to-back losses. I, I know Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, but also with Nick Mullins and all the injuries, I mean, this team has just been ravaged with injuries. It's hard for me to see them beating Green Bay I have Green Bay winning it 27-24. That's a total of 51. The over-under was 50 and a half, and I did not do that on purpose. I usually try to not look at that um, when I'm doing my score prediction, which you might think is a bad idea. You might do the opposite, but um, I, I don't want to like be too influenced by the over-under, but that's what my score prediction was. Then I checked the over-under after, and it looked pretty close. Um, and I know Green Bay's favored by like five or five and a half, so I got 27-24 Green Bay. Yeah, so, uh, by the way, I think that's a great strategy to, to come up with your own score before, before looking at the over-under. Because even if you tell yourself you're not going to be influenced, I think subconsciously maybe maybe you are. And you might, like, tweak something, you know, a point or two here or there. Um, I'm So, listen, the NFL is always unpredictable. I mean, just from, uh, from coming from me, somebody who's bet on the sport for well over 20 years, like, it is always unpredictable. And every time you think you know something, you don't. And so I think we know that San Francisco looks pretty bad right now. We think we know they're going to, you know, have their backup quarterback in there. I think we we think we know that Green, the Green Bay Packers are an elite team in spite of what we saw last week. So I'm just going to go upset here. I'm going to go a low-scoring affair. I think both of these teams are, are going to kind of keep things close to the vest and uh, defensively. And... Um, I'll go 23-20, San Francisco. I like it. I like it. I I wouldn't be totally surprised if San Fran wins this game because I think Green Bay has just too many holes. And um, I will ask you a question later on, and I don't have Green Bay as one of the answers. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about at the end. But with that said, um, that will wrap up the over-unders on Thrive. Remember, guys, go check it out. Deep dive. You only have to pick 10 prop bets out of 20, whichever ones you feel most comfortable with. And if you are in the top 50%, you win money. Easy as that. And now we can move to the main event. Definitely, I know this is the thing that people look forward to the most. I feel like it's a perfect way to organically talk and bring up you know, people that we like for this week. And even if you see somebody that you think is way overpriced and you think is a stay away, go ahead and talk about that too. You know, Just talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're drafting DFS lineups, but I got to ask you first off, do you want the first pick or do you want the next two? 
Oh, that is interesting. Because we are oh, going snake. We're going snake draft. Yeah, I'm gonna give you the first pick, and I'll take the next two. All right, first pick. Okay, so you know this is gonna look very similar to uh, at least this first pick is gonna be just like how I started off my last one last week, and it worked out well for me. I ended up beating Nate, or was it two weeks ago, maybe? Um, I'm going to take Justin Herbert because I feel like it's either him or the top end quarterbacks in DFS this week. There's not really that many middling quarterbacks that I like, and there's not any super low tier quarterbacks that I like for the price, for the value. So I'm going to take Herbert at 6,800. I think he's going to be a smash play versus the Raiders. The Raiders, you know, they played a tough game versus the Browns and it wasn't a high scoring game as many of us thought it would be partly because of the weather. And, you know, they don't have a great defense. Herbert has mad weapons. He's been letting it rip. He's been great so far. 27 fantasy points per game. That's insane. And he's still priced at 6800 I think that's an easy smash. I wanted to get my quarterback before you had a chance at him. So, one, was that your guy? And if not, go ahead and take it away with your next two. Yeah, so just so I – it wasn't my guy, but I absolutely love that pick. So just so I know, oh, do we go position by position in terms of our no, picks? Or no, you go, you go wherever you want. Okay, so now you're excluded from taking a running back at this point. Am I right? Well, I, I just used my first pick, so you can go wherever you want. And once it gets back to me, I can take any position other than quarterback, obviously. So exactly. your strategy would be obviously save your quarterback for last at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I just wanted to be – Super clear on that. Okay, so you know what, man? I, you know, as I scroll here, I feel like you're going to steal some guys. Uh, you know, this guy's a little overpriced, which which bothers me. I'm surprised he's this high. Uh, this is going to surprise you, I think. But I'm going to go with wow. I'm going to go with Chase Edmonds. Oh, okay. What's his price? Sixty-eight hundred on draft. Oh, that's yeah. That's why I pivoted. But no, I, I like the pick. Go ahead. You want to talk about it? You, well, I mean, I just think he's in a great spot and, and, and for two reasons. I mean, I, you know, Miami's been playing really well, but I, I don't think their run defense is anything to write home about. The cool thing about Edmonds, and we're talking DraftKings, so it's, you know, you're getting points for the receptions yep. too. Edmonds catches balls. I mean, even when he wasn't really playing that much because Drake was playing, he was catching balls. So knowing that he's going to be running and catching the ball, I mean, I, I think this could be one of, like, like you said, kind of a, a smash spot for Edmonds. So, I, I, you know, I, I thought he'd be a little cheaper, to be honest with you, but I'll, I'll still bite at 6,800. All right. And that's one of them. What's your, what you got for the second pick? Wow. So, again, as I'm talking to you and, and I'm, I'm clearly stalling, <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny how, you know, I've never done a head-to-head thing. So I'm looking at some of these guys and I'm like, do I want to put a hedge play in here because you took Justin Herbert? And oh, it's because man. it's one-on-one, I feel like it's an okay play to make. It is, it is. But I'm going to be really mad if you take somebody specific. Well, I'm taking Keenan Allen. All right. That's cool. That's it cool. sounds like you want Mike Williams. No, okay. no, no. Actually, I, I might surprise you. So I, I like to do a, a... You'll see, you'll see. I can't spoil it. Gotcha. But yeah, no, I, I completely... I love Keenan Allen. I think... I was talking about him uh, two weeks ago as a huge buy in fantasy. I think he's a top five wide receiver rest of season that was starting last week, and he got 20-something points last week. Great start to that call for me. And yeah, I love Keenan Allen for sure. The reason I pivot away from him usually, and I don't know exactly what your strategy is, but unless there's like a clear running back that got injured and like a clear backup who's you know decent and we know he's going to get a lot of carries versus easy matchup i usually spend big on running backs unless one of those running backs is available to me so i usually end up going cheaper on the receiver that's why i didn't go keenan allen 
But those are your two picks. So you got Keenan Allen and Chase Edmonds. Um, you split running back and receiver. So I don't feel safe at either position. So that's interesting. I don't think you're going to take my tight end. So, hmm. I wonder, I really like my defense. I think I want to take my defense and get the defense out the way. So you don't take them. I'm going to take Washington football team at 3,400 versus the Giants. It's a great spot. I love it. They did great last week. I, they're, you know, pretty cheap. They're like the fourth or fifth defense. So I'm going to take Washington football defense, get them out the way. And then, ooh, this is tough. When my next pick, before it goes back to you, who do I, see, I have to f- try and think of you and who you're most likely to take. Right. So I I really think I have a very unique roster except for this person, so I need to take him. I'm going to take Dalvin Cook at 8,200 versus the Detroit Lions. Even if he doesn't go insane like last week, I'm still I'm still sure he's going to get, you know, 25 to 35 points versus the Detroit Lions. I love the spot for him, so I'm going to take Dalvin Cook and get that stud running back filled out. Yeah, you definitely just took my guy. And yes. I'm, now I'm, I'm mad yes. at myself for springing on Keenan Allen. I should have just taken the two <laughs> running backs. So, and, and by the way, I agree with your strategy. I, I'm always, you know, in, in DFS, you want to, you want volume. And, the, and, and there's very few positions where you can get, well, there's only one position where you can kind of guarantee volume, and that's usually at the running back position. So um, I absolutely love uh, Dalvin Cook, and, and I love stacking my running backs and paying up for them and then finding the uh, – the cheapies, you know, later on with uh, at the receiver and the tight end position potentially. So I so now I have two picks. Is that accurate? Yes. All right. Well, you know, I I, I want to take a running back here. You took Dalvin. I'm sitting here staring at the guy right below him, and I'm thinking to myself, even against a good defense i still think i want to jam this guy in here because he's such a stud but you know what I, do we let me ask you this okay. Christian mccaffrey coming off ir this week is he playing against the kansas city chiefs i believe he is i believe he is as well he's still designated as an ir designation so so here, here's sure. the thing if you want to take him you can and if he ends up not playing, this happened to Nate. Nate took Aaron Jones when we did this, and I let him pivot. He pivoted to Calvin Ridley because Aaron Jones was in his flex. So if you want to put McCaffrey in your flex to give you more flexibility, or if you just want to leave him as a running back, you can choose. But if he ends up not playing, which I don't think will happen, I'm sure he's going to play, then you can pivot for it. Yeah, so I'm going to take McCaffrey. I fully understand that he might not get a quote full workload, but I got to think that they've waited long enough. And yes. They've waited so long that they want to make sure that, that he can get like 20 touches his first game. So I'm going to go ahead and take Christian McCaffrey and hope he blows up against a Kansas City run defense that isn't very good. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. So let's see. That was your first one, right? That Oh, that was my first one. Yeah, okay. So let me see if I can get a tight end that I want here. Oh, so boy. I usually oh try boy. to go I'm nervous. here. And you know what? I... I think I'm going to go cheap here. I don't know that I need to take the, take the tight end position here, but this guy was pretty good last week. He's usually pretty good from a target standpoint, and I need a money saver tight end because I'm clearly spending up in uh, in, in the running back arena. So I'm going to go Logan Thomas. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Okay, cool. <laughs> you can't – I know you have it paused because you're doing the draft. You can't see my face, but I was so nervous you're going to take my guy. <laughs> fantastic (laughs) all right so he went logan thomas now it's back to me 
All right, so I'm going to get my my next running back kind of along what I was saying with, you know, the stud running back out. I don't know why this guy is not priced higher. I'm going to take him, Justin Jackson. That's the stack that I did last time versus Nate. I had Justin Jackson and Herbert, and it worked out pretty well. Justin Jackson, Herbert, I'm stacking them again. Justin Jackson is the clear receiving running back there. I think he's going to have a great great game as well. The Raiders don't have a good defense at all. And like we were talking about, it's not a tournament play. So it's fine to have a quarterback and a running back because it's a head-to-head matchup. So I'm guaranteeing pretty much myself points on the Chargers side of the ball because they're going to come from Herbert or the run game. And I'm not a Kelly fan. And Kelly has not really played good. He seeded touches to Troy Main Pope last week. So I love Justin Jackson here at 4,900. He's my second running back. And you already took your tight end. So now I'm going to take my one of my receivers. I think there's only one of the receivers here that you might take. So I'm going to take that one with my second pick. And that's Stephon Diggs versus Seattle. They don't have the corners to cover a guy like Diggs. And Seattle is going to burn the bills. And this is actually something I guess we could talk about it now, um, just because I'm bringing it up real quick. How are the Seahawks only favored by two and a half versus the yeah, Bills? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get that at all. I mean, obviously, this is a West Coast team having to travel, travel to the East Coast, but they certainly don't have to deal with the fans. And Seattle, I mean, listen, the Bills are, are pretty fraudulent in my opinion. Yes, I think, thank I think you. everything about the Bills is fraudulent. Yes, other than maybe like Zach Moss and Stefan Diggs. They the barely really beat good. the Patriots. They got lucky with a Cam Newton fumble. Oh, 100%. I, I, you know, that's one thing I actually wanted to touch upon uh, later in the show is how bad I feel for Cam Newton. Because no matter how you feel about Cam Newton, just from, you know, some people like him, some some people hate him. He's sort of a lightning rod when it comes to stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, there's nobody that wanted to win that game more than Cam Newton. If you really kind of consider the circumstances. And I just felt really bad for him when, when it was a perfect strip. I mean, the guy, the guy... You know, I think he was probably holding it high and tight, but maybe lost his concentration for a minute. But it'd be hard to hold on to that ball with where that guy came from. He came out of nowhere. So, yeah, but I agree with you. I think the Bills are fraudulent. And uh, this line was two and a half. It's moved to three, which makes sense. Oh, already? Wow. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I, I see it at three at a lot of places. But the point is, is two and a half or three, I think it's still a great line. Yeah, yeah, I love the Seahawks here. If you guys are betting at all, betting on lines, definitely take the Seahawks on that. And so, yeah, I took Stephon Diggs. And that will bring it back to you. So just as a recap, I'm going to read out who I've taken so far. You can read out who you've taken and then go ahead and make your next picks. So far, I have Justin Herbert at quarterback, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jackson at running back. At wide receiver, I have Stephon Diggs. And then at defense, I have Washington football team. Uh All right, and then it's back to you. So go ahead and read what you got so far and then make your next picks. Gotcha. Okay, so I have no QB yet. I have Chase Edmonds, Christian McCaffrey, Keenan Allen, and Logan Thomas. And so I've got defense open still, my flex spot, which is going to be a running back most likely, uh, two wide receivers, and of course my quarterback. All right, go for it. Still to go. So I can wait on quarterback for obvious reasons. And defense. I want to get a piece of this Bills game, um, but I, I don't think I can really spend up for, for the, two guy, the two obvious guys that I want. Yeah. Maybe I can, but I, I'm – I'm kind of looking for maybe. Well, here, let me ask you this: What since you brought it up, if you had to spend up, let's say, let's say I don't know what their prices are because I have my lineup locked right now. I mean, not locked, but I have it like filled out. Um, Mm -hmm. So Lockett and DK, if they were the same price, given how Lockett seems to go up and down, and he just had his down game, who would you take if you had to take one of them? 
Yeah, I would take DK. Um, I'll tell you, two weeks ago, I was on Lockett at the probably. right time. And, and the reason was because he had a really good matchup against Dre, Kirk, Dre Kirkpatrick, who was kind of injured. And it would have been a good matchup anyway, to be honest with you. So sometimes it's matchup related, but but typically you don't have you know guys shadowing either of these two receivers. So you kind of just can go on their own merit. And I think DK Metcalf is better pretty much in every way i mean he's you know they're both very fast but dk metcalf is also sort of more of that possession receiver guy and so that's why uh, he's just so much more athletic than lockett and that's why i like him more than lockett yeah he does give you the safer floor too for sure so i'll tell you what i'm just going to take a shot here and i'm going to spend up on not metcalf because he's just too expensive he's a thousand more than lockett so i'm going to take a chance on lockett here Oh, all right. Interesting. I like it. I like it. So we got dueling receivers in that game. And then your second pick. So did you uh, tell me, did you already pick your uh, defense? (laughs) Yes, I did. Okay. So let me go with a somewhat cheap running back option. So I'm looking at David Johnson. He's not a sexy play, but he should get plenty of touches both in the passing and the running game. And at 5,600, I think there's value there at Jacksonville, which is a team that, listen, they're starting a guy that most people have never heard of in Luton. Yeah. And, and I just think this is one of those situations where you're going to see Houston with a short field quite a bit. So I think David Johnson's going to have plenty of opportunity to get in the end zone. So I'm going to go ahead and scoop him up. Even though I'm not his biggest fan, I like the situation. That's interesting. I, I actually like that pick a lot. That is a really good value. And I'm glad you went running back because I actually didn't have a running back in my flex. I usually do. This time I went three receivers. So I'm going to go ahead. Oh, four receivers because a three receiver normal. So with my next two picks, um, I know you didn't get your all your receivers yet. So I'm going to go ahead and take those picks. I know you took your tight end already with Logan Thomas. I'm going to take going. I'll just take Chark because it's perfect timing. You were just talking about that game. And it's interesting because you would be, you might think, why would I take DJ Chark? They have a backup quarterback. Here's the thing. DJ Chark, I think, is still 100% their number one wide receiver. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I okay. would. And for some reason, and I've heard this documented on multiple other podcasts. I've seen tweets about it. For some reason, DJ Chark and Gardner Minshew are not on the same page. And every time Minshew throws Chark a ball, and it's not good. Chark, Chark is making a face. He always seems like he's just, you know, pissed off. Like, he's just not on the same page with Minshew. And he's a really good receiver, and he was really good with... I mean, he was really good last year. And half of that was with Nick Foles. I would not be surprised if, one, he's going to get peppered with targets. Because, like you were just saying, they might see... Houston might see a whole bunch of short fields, which means that Jacksonville is going to be getting down early, and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot to try and win this game. And I think he can get a lot of targets. I think he probably has better chemistry at this point with the backup quarterback than Gardner Minshew seeing how the season has gone so far. I mean, Chark's efficiency has been horrible with Minshew. And he was only 5,200. And I think he could, you know, he might be a really sneaky play, like not just DFS. If you still have him in your regular, like, lineups, your regular season uh, fantasy leagues, I think he would be a pretty good flex if you're uh, kind of needy at the position. So I like DJ Chark a lot here. I'm going to take him. And then my next one is I'm going to go Brandon Cooks on the other side of the ball. We got we seem to have a lot of pieces in this game. So, yeah, I'm going to go Cooks on the other side of the ball. He's been great since Bill O'Brien has been gone. He's only had one down game. 
and I don't expect that to continue. So I'm going to take Brandon Cooks. Now it's back to you. We are almost done, so go for it. So, okay, so I have defense left to go, and I have one receiver and and my quarterback. So I am going to go with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. I got to find oh, a cheap quarterback. Man, that, I, I started him last week, and he burned me so bad. Yeah, and, and it makes sense that you started him, but but I mean, also it was kind of a bad weather game. It was kind of a a, a weird situation. So, I mean, I, I still kind of believe in him. I, I, he doesn't really throw the ball downfield a ton, but you know the, what Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore can do, and, and even Curtis Samuel. I, I just like his upside against Kansas City. You know, Carolina's going to be chasing points. Hopefully, I get some dump downs to McCaffrey. So, because I'm, I'm kind of doubled up there, but in a weird way, because I'm doing the quarterback running back thing here. Yeah, just but like again, Justin uh, Justin Jackson and Justin Herbert. Exactly. Exactly. So we talked about that, but at the end of the day, I can't take an elite quarterback because I've spent so high on the um, running back and wide receiver position. So Bridgewater makes sense, and then I'm going to be spending way down at receiver and defense. And so I have another pick, right? So my receiver yeah. is going to be KJ Hamler. Speaking of that Atlanta secondary, mm. I got to go cheap. It's mm. 3,400 on draft. Explosive. Game. So that's that's where I'm at. All right, that that's a scary one for me to see in your lineup because I know he could just take two receptions to the house. He could just pop. Mm-hmm. And so now with it back to me, I have, I think, two picks left to make, right? Yeah, my tight end, my last receiver, and then you'll wrap it up with your quarterback. Or not quarterback. What, what position do you have left? I just have defense left. Oh, okay. So I don't have to sweat it out, worry about, you know, who you're taking anymore because I'm finishing my lineup. My last receiver, and I want your opinion on this because I, I'm not going to lie. I don't feel amazing about it, but it's just a volume thing for me. I'm going to take Michael Gallup as my last receiver. He's only 4,000, and he got 12 targets in the game with, oh my goodness, his name is escaping me. Ben Danucci. Yes, thank you, Danucci. That's what it is. Yes, he got 12 targets with Danucci. That was the combined total for Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. So, I mean, apparently he thinks... Like Gallup is his number one, and I don't think Andy Dalton is going to be back for this game. It seems like there's more, you know, problems right now with Dalton. He's doubtful, and so if Danucci's playing, I like Gallup a lot because even though it's a tough matchup versus Pittsburgh, I mean Gallup is also not the guy they're going to be putting their best corners on, their best coverage on. That's not going to be the guy they're focused on stopping. They're going to be worrying about Cooper and probably Ceedee Lamb more than Gallup. So I actually like Gallup and my pivot at tight end. Um, this is not who I'm taking. I'm going to take Noah Fant. But my pivot at tight end, in case you took Fant, was Dalton Schultz because Dalton Schultz also got a lot of work, and we know bad quarterbacks like to check it down to tight ends. So I'm going to take Michael Gallup, and then my tight end is Noah Fant versus Atlanta. I got to get a piece of that game, too. You got KJ Hamler in there. I got Noah Fant in there. He finally you know, took that role back away from Albert Ogwebunam. Yes, dude, I nailed it. I love saying his last name. I nailed, <laughs> you it. nailed it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, he had nine targets to Ogwebunam's one. So I think he's taking that role back. And I like Noah Fan a lot versus Atlanta. Hopefully it's a shootout. And so he was only 4,600. That rounds up my lineup. And actually, pretty weird. I have exactly $0 remaining. That usually does not happen for me. I usually have extra money because I try not to focus too much on that because I feel like that can make a lot of people make bad decisions. And I know you're a huge DFS guy. So as you give us your your def- defense to wrap up your lineup, do you also want to touch on that? What what do you usually do with the money? Do you let that you know bother you or? 
Well, so not really, only because, so I usually come close to maxing out my salary, but you know, I'll, I'll leave two, three, four hundred on the table. But the reason why I don't leave more, or I don't even really consider it, is because most of the DFS tournaments I play are single entry or three max entry. So I don't have to worry about leverage or like I should say ownership leverage as much as you would in one of those like huge like $3 million, you know, prize pool, 150 max entries. So generally speaking, I, I can do my lineup and I know it's different enough that in a single entry or a three max entry tournament, it's probably going to be standalone. And if it's not standalone, you know, at the top, it's going to be, you know, tied with maybe one other one mm-hmm. other thing, I've done really well um, in the single entry and the three max entries. Almost I know you have. You know, I know I've, you I've have. Hit a, I've hit some big ones. Not not outright. Not not a straight up win, but a fifth, a seventh, a fourth. You know the, those kinds of things. And honestly, the you know it gives me you know doing doing a you know single entry. It's you know you only got one shot at that particular tournament. But at the same time, you don't have to worry about you know other people kind of flooding the field with you know 10, 20, 30, 40, 150 lineups. So that's, true. that's my preference. But to your point, if I was you know if I was doing you know usually I'll throw one into like the Millie Maker one or whatever. And typically, I'll leave some money on the table there because you want your lineup to be different. And, and to your point, also, you don't want your lineup to be dictated by the pricing itself because the pricing is, you know, largely dictated by an algorithm. So just because a guy is fifty seven hundred and another guy is like fifty three hundred, it doesn't mean that fifty seven hundred guy is in a better spot or is even a better player. So I totally agree with kind of disregarding that to a degree, but acknowledging it to a degree too because it's typically based on you know good math. Gotcha. All right. And then go ahead and wrap up your team and then we'll go over them one more time for everyone. And then we'll move on yeah. to the next segment. So it's funny because, and I do this a lot. I punt on defense a lot, but usually I punt on defense and I at least have a defense that I'm like, all right, I can see it here. Like it's, you know, this, this is okay. For example, I've rostered Washington's defense plenty of times this year and it's worked out just fine for me, uh, particularly last game against the Cowboys. Speaking of the Cowboys, I don't have any money left. I have 2,200. So I have two options. It's either the Cowboys or it's the Panthers against Kansas City. And I would prefer to take the Cowboys here. So yes, I have a defense that's probably going to net me zero points, um, but that's okay in my opinion. Oh man, see ya. I don't know. See ya. That's where I'm at. I got two choices, and unfortunately, <laughs> I got to take the Cowboys here. Man, that's rough. I think I'm feeling a win now. I'm feeling a win because of that. I didn't know where your you money know, was at. Well, can I? Let me tell you this though. The, the funny thing about the McCaffrey pick is, if I have to, if I have to bounce out of that, I would go down to Henry probably at 7,900, and that would give me 600 extra dollars to, you know, take a defense, like a real defense, if that's allowed in this in this matchup. So that would give me. 2800 which would let me roster the seahawks for example or the denver broncos i will allow it because i don't want to win because you got a defense that was that bad so (laughs) if if christian mccaffrey does not play i will allow you to change the defense as well from pivoting from mccaffrey all right fair enough all right and then go ahead go ahead no i was gonna say so my roster is teddy bridgewater at kansas city Chase Edmonds at home against Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Christian McCaffrey, of course, that's also against Kansas City in Kansas City. Keenan Allen at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. KJ Hamler going to Atlanta. Uh, TJ Lockett at Buffalo. Logan Thomas at home. Uh, Washington, of course, at home against the New York Giants. David Johnson at Jacksonville in my flex spot. And the Dallas Cowboys at home against the Pittsburgh, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. 
All right, and then my lineup is Justin Herbert at quarterback versus the Raiders, Dalvin Cook versus the Lions, Justin Jackson versus the Raiders, and then wide receivers, Brandon Cooks versus the Jaguars, Stephon Diggs versus the Seahawks, love that one, Michael Gallup versus the Steelers, Noah Fant versus Atlanta at tight end, my flex is DJ Chark with backup quarterback Jake Luton versus the Texans, and then my defense is the Washington football team versus Daniel Turnover Jones. love it all right and then with with that said that wraps up the dfs i am going to tweet this out our matchup so i'm going to put like put them side by side in like apple notes or whatever and tweet it out we'll get a poll going last time i think you should be rooting to lose this poll because last time i was when i sent it out with versus nate nate won the poll like 70 30 but i ended up pulling it out so i I saw that by the way i saw that win up there (laughs) yeah so we'll see what happens um i'm gonna put it out there see what everyone else thinks And now we can move on to something I kind of took from when I was on the show with you guys on Win Daily. I really, that was my first experience, like focusing on taking lines and I really enjoyed it. So, and then this past week, um, there were three games, like just talking amongst my friends, I didn't say it, verbalize it on a podcast or anything, but talking amongst my friends, there were three underdogs that I really liked and all three won. And that was the uh, Bengals the Dolphins, and the Raiders. And actually, I did verbalize the Raiders one, and I know you agreed with me there on Twitter. Yeah. And so it just made me think of this new segment that I'm going to start doing on my Thursday's Thursday podcast, which this is going to replace. This unhinged episode is going to replace that because we're basically talking about the same type of stuff. And it's three picks against the spread. You have to take, if you have to take three teams that are favored to lose in Vegas to outright win, who are you going? So... Mm-hmm. If you have your picks ready and you want to start it off, we can go bounce back and forth. We don't know what each other's picks are, so it's going to be completely organic. If you have a pick, you can go ahead and start it. Yeah, I have a pick. So, I mean, this one's kind of an easier one because the spread is so close, and I'm I'm double-checking it as I'm talking to you. Yeah, so it opened it. The Raiders plus three. Yes, it's now, sir. It's now moved a little bit, just so you you know. So it's now Raiders plus one and a half, which means they're receiving a decent amount of money on the Raiders, but... You know, the Chargers can't finish games, which is why I bet against them. And I bet against them last week. I had the Broncos, and I didn't love the bet. I just It's just an Anthony Lynn thing. Like, I'm sorry, this guy can't close games. He's just not good. So when you have a Raiders team who I honestly think you can make an argument that the Raiders are maybe, like, somewhere between the fourth and sixth best team in the AFC. And I don't think anybody was really talking about them in the beginning of the season, even as a playoff team, let alone as, as maybe the fourth best team in the AFC. So... I like that as an outright win from an underdog. Um, That's certainly my favorite play. I completely agree. That was one of my three as well. I'll go ahead and say one of mine, just in case we ended up agreeing on all three. I got to get a word in. So (laughs) I'm going to go Broncos versus Falcons. I was surprised that the Falcons are favored by four. I don't know if it moved since I checked, but the Falcons were favored by four last time I checked this morning. And I mean, I think the Broncos like win this game. Like, not only am I picking it because we have to find three that are underdogs, but I actually truly believe the Broncos win this game. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Calvin Ridley's playing in this game, right? He's questionable. Hopefully, he does play because I need him. I need yeah, him for I, my fantasy lineups. But either way, I like the Broncos. Yeah, I mean the way he was the way he was limping off the field, it kind of made me think this this might be because I have Ridley at fantasy in my year longs as well. It kind of made me think that um, maybe he doesn't he sits this one out. But I like that play quite a bit, by the way. Um, the, the the play this is going to be probably the game of the week, 
Um, the play that I like, and I don't love it, but we're looking for outright wins from underdogs. Oh, don't this, do it to me. Don't. I'm doing it to you. Don't you yeah. dare. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Listen, Tampa's good, but but they they didn't really show up uh, last night oh. against the uh, the Giants. And the, the worst part about them not showing up was for, somehow their defense got exposed. Now, listen, l- let's not kid ourselves. Like, the Giants have good receivers. If you include Ingram with – Golden Tate and, and, and Shepard, who I think is extremely underrated, and Darius Slayton. Like, that's a pretty good receiving core. And if Daniel Jones was even average on some of these throws, they would have completely blitzed these guys and, and won outright, maybe even comfortably. So, listen, Breeze is, is, is not what he was, but Michael Thomas is probably going to be back. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be back. They do enough with that offense that I think they have a nice little blueprint that Daniel Jones and company gave them. So, you know, and defensively, they're not great, you know, but 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 Godwin's not going to be there. So it just seems like this could be a spot where the Buccaneers get surprised a bit. So, man, I, I hate that you took that game. I hate that you <laughs> took it, but I don't blame you. I do think that, you know, the Bucks were just waltzing in, thinking that they're going to take this game easily, handily versus the Giants. And I think it was partly a lack of effort. But I have been saying all season that the one weakness on that defense – because the defense is really good where I really believe there's really only one main weakness, and that's the deep ball. Every once in a while, they let people leak out. It's You know you have to learn to live with it because both blitzes more than any other d- defensive coordinator in the league. So that's going to happen every once in a while when you're leaving safeties or corners out there on an island. And so I don't blame you for that pick. My last one, so we both agreed on the Raiders one. Um, did you actually have the Broncos as one of your three? No. Oh, okay. But so I'm then like- you have two more. Or one more after this. And then my others is Bears versus Titans. I think the Bears can win this game versus the Titans. The Titans are so overrated by their record. Like, they're not the same team from last year. Their defense is significantly worse this year than last year. And the Bears defense, I think, can give the Titans enough trouble where, I mean, David Montgomery might have a day. Like, I was was thinking about taking David Montgomery. I just ended up pivoting in the DFS. But... Um, you know, he was really, he looked really good. Like his points don't say it, but he looked really good versus the Saints. And the, the Titans, I mean, I haven't checked the stat in a while, but I know a couple weeks ago they were averaging like six yards given per carry to running backs. Ridiculous. So I think the Bears can win this this game versus the Titans. And even if, even, even if they do not win outright, I think being favored by five and a half is way too much for the Titans. Every team they beat has not been a good team. And every game they've won has been between like one and three points. And they just lost to the Bengals. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to. It's just, it's just too bad the Bears don't have like, I don't know. Actually, I think Nick Foles is actually a pretty decent quarterback. If he can get some protection, which you can against the Titans, they, they, they literally don't have a pass rush. I mean, Mooney, Allen Robinson, like uh, Jimmy Graham, these are all decent options for him to throw to. So no, I, I don't hate that at all. Um, I'll tell you my, my last one, and I probably should have said a spoiler alert at the top of the show because my last one, of course, is. The Niners, we already talked about that. Right? Oh, right, I'm, right. I'm predicting an upset. And listen, the Niners are so banged up um, on offense in particular. But, you know, I, I don't think the way Garoppolo has been playing, Mullins is not much of a downgrade. Not at so all. I think they not can pull all. this off. I, I don't think the Packers are paper tigers necessarily. But if Aaron Jones isn't playing and, you know, Jamal Williams is out, he's got the COVID thing going on. Um, so I don't think Aaron Jones is going to be ready. So you, you got Tyler Irvin back there and maybe like Dexter Williams. And so your main weapon is Devontae Adams, and that's kind of your only weapon. So I kind of believe in Kyle Shanahan, nice little bounce back spot for them. All right. And then so I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy guy. So we just got a few quick things to hit uh, on. We already hit on the Seahawks being favored 
um, and that being ridiculous that it's only two and a half. And then I want to ask you, what teams can you see getting to the Super Bowl? Because usually every year it does dwindle down as the season goes on. You see the weaknesses in certain defenses or on certain offenses. You know, blueprints start to pop up for how to beat teams. I think there's only four teams that have a shot. I put a hand up with five fingers. <laughs> I think there's only four teams that have a shot. And for me, on the AFC, you got two. NFC, you got two. Steelers and Chiefs. I do not think the Ravens have a shot. Maybe you disagree with me, but I don't think they can get all the way through to the Super Bowl. Lamar, you know, we, we know how to beat the Ravens. You just get up on a lead. Like, I know you love RG3 and his arm, and he's probably a better passer than Lamar. I mean, it's just like he... he I'm, I think we're starting, and I love the guy. I'm not trying to be a Lamar hater at all. Yeah, I hear you. But I think we're starting to see why he lasted till 32. Because mm-hmm. he just he can't win the big games when you need to throw the ball accurately. So I don't think the Ravens do. So I like the Steelers, Chiefs okay. on the AFC. And then on the NFC, I think this is going to be a matchup we see in the NFC Championship, Seahawks-Bucks. The, I mean, the, the Seahawks are perfectly tailored to beat the Bucks defense, what I was just talking about, the, t- the deep ball. Russell Wilson throws the best deep ball in the league. Tyler Lockett is probably the best deep ball receiver in the league, and DK is probably right up there with him. So, I mean, I do think, I'm really nervous if the Bucks play the Seahawks, that it's going to be probably a shootout. Brady's going to have to bring it for my Bucks to win. But those are the only teams I can see getting to the Super Bowl. Is there any teams that you think I left out? Well, kind of, because as much as I think Lamar has limitations, I think he's good enough to get to the Super Bowl if the Ravens can jump out to leads in the playoffs, which I know is asking a lot, especially when you have your Kansas Cities and your Pittsburghs out there. But like, it's one of those things where I don't, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but in that Ravens game, they the Ravens dominated the line of scrimmage. They just ran it down the down Pittsburgh's throats. It was just awful mistakes, almost like Daniel Jones type mistakes that Lamar mm-hmm. was making. And and I just feel like in the playoffs, you know, I understand in the regular season they're trying to showcase Lamar for some reason and trying to like show off, you know, or give him confidence that he has an arm, but it's not there. The accuracy isn't there. So I just think we're going to see a Lamar that runs a lot in the playoffs, and we're going to see a running game that dominates the line of scrimmage, and a defense that can hold your Kansas City's, you know, at bay. And so I, I wouldn't in that conversation. I agree with the, the Seahawks part of it, and that's pretty much it, though. I mean, I, I think that's the ex- I think that's the extent of. Uh, the teams that I think are contenders in this. I don't think Green Bay is going to win the Super Bowl. I agree with you that Definitely it's between Seattle and Tampa. Yeah. Uh, I will say they, they did just take a huge blow, the Ravens, with Ronnie Stanley. I mean, he just yes. signed that huge contract. He just... You know, it's probably out for the season. I believe he's definitely out for the season. So that's a huge blow for them. That's going to make it much harder. And with that, that's basically all we have to talk about. I'm just going to wrap it up with one thing. If you want to hang around and give your opinion on it, you can. Otherwise, you can leave if you want. Make sure you tell everyone, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give my survivor pick. I know you, we've had some conversations off to the side yeah. about that. You, you want to hang out or you want to just, you got to go? No, go ahead. Let All right. Know. I want to hang out. So me and everyone that's been picking with me on DraftKings, it was like a 550,000 people that started in this survivor pool. It's down below 20,000 left alive. We're in the top 3% and we're still alive. And I think the survivor pick this week for me, I'm going to go the Texans. 
The Texans versus Jaguars won. They're a team that I do not feel comfortable taking in many games this season. I love getting teams out of the way when I feel confident in a spot. This past week, I took the Eagles. And you see why. You probably don't want to take the Eagles again this season. And it worked out perfectly. It was an easy matchup. I'm taking the Texans versus the Jaguars with a backup quarterback. That's the difference for me. And, you know, you get the scary team out the out the way. The The Jaguars have no reason or, I mean, the Texans have no reason to lose. Some people might be like, oh, they're so bad. Like, may- maybe they're just trying to, maybe they traded Will Fuller today. Obviously, we know that didn't happen now. But, you know, some people, for some reason, have been thinking, oh, maybe the Texans might want to tank. That's not going to happen. They don't have their first rounder. I feel like a lot of people forget that. That's in Miami's hands. So they have no reason to lose. They're playing a division rival, and the Jaguars are missing Minshew. I think it's a slam. Do you think there's any way the Texans lose this game? No, I think your analysis is spot on. You, you, like you said, no Minshew. They're rolling out Luton, which, you know, if they really wanted to win the game, they'd probably, who is it? Uh, they have Glennon. Sec- there you go, Mike Glennon. So, I mean, you know, I don't think they're really super interested in, in, in winning the game as much as they are just seeing what they have in this particular quarterback. And honestly, James Robinson hasn't been running that great. The, the wide receiver core has been banged up. You know, the defense, they just don't have any players. And so, you know, Houston's been pretty bad this year. Their first halves have been particularly bad. Like, they just can't seem to score. But, yeah, over four quarters, I think Houston ends up not only winning this game, but covering the spread. So, yeah, I I like your analysis there. I think it's a great survivor pick. All right, and that's awesome because we have the Chiefs that we haven't taken. We haven't taken the, I mean... We haven't taken the 49ers, but with all the injuries, they're not going to be a good one later on. But there's so many good teams that we have not taken. The Steelers, a whole bunch of other ones that we have saved for the end. So I'm excited with it. The Bucks, we've we've saved so far. The Saints, we've saved. So we got a lot of easy picks down the road. I think we can get to the end of the season. And with that said, drop your handles. Tell people where they can follow you. This is my guy, Sia. I'm so happy he found the time to come on with me. Uh, He reached out to me one day on Twitter, and we just built a connection since then he's an awesome guy and uh check him out on win daily as well yeah so so Brandon, just just cash you know part of the reason i reached out because i don't know if you recall but you had this take on tyler boyd it's like wow this is kind of coming out of nowhere because you had you had him in your like top 12 preseason or something like yeah, that wide receiver eight baby so, so I, you know, what, what I really appreciated about that take, and there were people that chimed in, including myself, and I barely knew you, or if I, I kind of didn't know you at the time, but what I really appreciated at your take was that you had an actual take that was not your standard, like, this is what you can find on CBS or ESPN with, with any of their guys. Like, like, in the fantasy world, I personally appreciate guys who are willing to go out on a limb and you know somewhat put their you know fantasy football reputations on the line because they believe in something because we can all walk like the the line of like oh yeah you know you you like like everybody else like they might have this guy at three and you put him at four and you're like yeah i'm being kind of controversial like no no you had boyd like eight ten twelve spots ahead of where maybe 18, even more. 18. 18 spots ahead of where you know most people had him and so you know, Boyd is a great play. The, the only issue I had with that particular play is, damn, they keep to drafting receivers and they don't let any of them go, like your A.J. Greens or your Alden Tates. But the point is, it was a good call, but it didn't have to be a good call. It was a decisive call. And so, again, at Wind Daily Sports, when, when I'm on SiriusXM, I'm not try- trying to just give you, like, random feedback. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I'm probably more prepared on a Saturday than I am on a Tuesday. And, and us recording on a Tuesday was kind of my fault because of my schedule. But, but you know, on Saturday when we're on SiriusXM or, or even tomorrow, when Wednesday nights when we have our um, NFL live stream picking against the spread, you know, we're prepared with, 
you know, the ordinary plays, I suppose, to point out to, to everybody, but we take chances too, man. Like we have this guy, Nick Bretwish at, at, at um, Wind Daily, who you may or may not know, it's, it's at Sticks Picks, but he's just brilliant. He creates our model. He does our projections. Wind Daily Sports does everything, not just NFL, like literally every sport. And we have a lot of guys that are willing to kind of put their neck out there and take chances. And honestly, a lot of times they pay off, sometimes they don't. But the idea is think for yourself. And if you do that, you certainly have my respect. And that, that's sort of why we made our connection, because that's what you do. And you're willing to defend your position. I think just maybe a week ago, you made a comment. I, I'm trying to remember, like, <laughs> some guy unfollowed you or something because they didn't like your take or something. Oh, yeah. Like, if that's where you're at in this world, that you have to unfollow somebody because you disagree with their <laughs> take, then, you know, you're not for me. But but the idea here is that you have a take. But, yeah, you can find me at Najad on Twitter. That's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. And you can find me at Sienajad Sports on Instagram. And, you know, you can always find me at windailysports.com. It's a great site, easy to sign up, really, really cheap compared to the competitors. Um, you do a great job. You know, from an NFL standpoint, we would just be supplementing what deep dive fantasy football does. But, again, we do all the other sports, too, and we do sports betting as well. So, All right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, thanks again for coming on. I wish you Great luck in all your betting and all your fantasy leagues. Guys listening, I wish you guys luck as well. Hopefully, you know, we have a great week all across the board. Let's hope for no injuries. Everyone's coming back. We're starting to get a bunch of returnees with McCaffrey, Michael Thomas. Chubb is back soon. Eckler's going to be back soon. We got a lot happening. I'm excited for it. Also, hope your NFL team wins, unless you're a Saints fan, because obviously <laughs> playing my bucks. Um, drop a rating review if you enjoy the show. With that said, hope you guys have a good one. I'm your host, Brandon. Peace.